0: Hello and welcome to Building Community with Whitney and Anu. We are two Asian American Millennials who aim to empower our communities through our stories and words, one cup of tea at a time. Today, we have another special international guest, and that is Hanman Yang. Hanman is the founder and CEO of Alike, a social network that celebrates the Asian experience. After immigrating from Korea to Canada as a child, Hanman learned to navigate the Canadian culture and society by watching TV and films. Along with these films, he saw negative depictions of Asian people that eventually molded the way that he saw himself and the world around him. Hanman developed Alike to challenge the way that Asians are represented in mainstream media while offering a safe space where Asians can tell their stories create meaningful connections and find community. With a background in film and media, Hanman's storytelling skills took him down a variety of unconventional career paths, ranging from filmmaking to importing fashion goods, to running a startup incubator for the Korean government in Silicon Valley, to doing stand-up comedy in Toronto. Currently, with the light, like, Hanman is on a mission to promote self-love within the Asian community. So welcome, Hanman, to Building Community. Thanks for hanging out with us today.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: So I'm really excited because full disclosure, I haven't been on a dating app in nine and a half years. Mm -hmm. And so this is really interesting for me. I understand like as millennials, we have to like, we are so used to things changing rapidly. And according to all my friends who are on dating apps, they've changed quite a lot. So I'm really excited to hear about that today.
1: Yeah. And we're not just a dating app, full disclosure. We are, well, we call ourselves a social network because you can do more than dating, but, um, I think the easiest term that's been applied to us is dating and friendship app because you can also use it to make friends.
2: So what inspired you to start Alike?
1: Yeah, I wish it, I could say it was one simple thing, but it's, it's not just one thing. I can start by saying that uh, I was becoming 40 at the time and that played a huge role, you know, midlife crisis. Uh, I was becoming unhappy in the direction that my career was going in and unhappy in general. And uh, you're know you you're, you're hitting 40 and you're h- hitting midlife, you start thinking about life, right? And it's not just one little thing, but a culmination of growing up as an Asian man in North America and everything that entails. And I'm sure you too can understand it as a wo- Asian woman growing up in uh, North America and being bombarded with all the depictions negative depictions of asian women and being told by mainstream media hey you are a sexual object you're there to please men uh you should be quiet and you know and from a man's perspective it's you are a geek you are a nerd you're a kung fu master you're not to be sexual nobody wants you You are undesirable. So being told that all my life and absorbing that and internalizing that uh, led me to uh, well, it led me to marry the wrong person, uh, go through a terrible divorce. I think I had absorbed Asian fetish, even as an Asian man. I ended up marrying a Japanese national woman, not like Japanese American or Japanese Canadian, and it you know, the cultural difference and what have you, it led to a devastating divorce. I hit rock bottom, all my dreams, and everything I had aspired to be just went crashing down and hitting rock bottom allowed me to uh, kind of get a clear view of my mental map and see that, oh my God, everything that I had aspired to be and imagined myself to become was based on other people's expectations and not that of my own. And once I was able to see that and let that go, it, it was a liberating experience. And I discovered through good therapy and support from love, loving people in my, in my life um, that I was, I, I was able to discover self-love, such thing as self-love and self-esteem self-acceptance, which I was able to work on for the first time in my life. And through that experience of rebuilding who I am now. Yeah. I mean, this has become a really long answer, but through all that, you know, it starts with watching film and TV as an eight year old boy. who just moved to Canada and didn't know anything about the culture and trying to understand how do I fit in, into this whole big picture. And observing, oh, fuck, okay, I am a geek and a nerd. That's how the world sees me. That's what I am. And then uh, growing beyond that. And I wanted to create a space where other Asians like myself can find one another, discover self-love, talk about ourselves in a way that normalizes our experience, and uh, learn to foster self-love. I
0: think all of that is really awesome. And I love that you touched on uh, mental health as well. I mean, I'm sure in um, Asian culture in Canada as well, like a lot of us don't like talking about mental health. It's like, Mm -hmm. we almost deny that it's not there. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, the fetishization and the images that are projected on you, because if you only see like one character every like few years and it's like a sidekick character or a geeky Mm -hmm. character or or an over-sexualized character, then yeah, how can you not internalize that? I actually really enjoy a lot of the questions on this app. I looked on this app for um, friendship purposes, and yeah. I liked that. I like the platform. I think it's really unique. I remember when I was on the dating apps, there was a very long written intro, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, I don't have to write a long intro about me." Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, I thought that was really unique. So uh, you said that you had prepared a couple questions.
1: When you say questions, you're referring to props on our app. So yeah. what makes our app a little bit different from other? dating and friendship apps is that instead of in the place of a written bio, like you say, you know, people don't enjoy writing that. And most people aren't good at writing that because they don't know themselves well enough, to be honest. And uh, to be able to write something meaningful in an interesting way, takes a little bit of skill too. So most people end up writing, I love food. I love going out and staying in. I love spending time with my friends and traveling. And that applies to just about 99% of us. And it doesn't really reveal much. It doesn't create connections. So I wanted to get rid of that and uh, allow people to communicate something beyond that, that they don't have to think about, which is their personality. 70% of all communication is nonverbal. So when you're just going going by a written bio, you're only getting 30%. Well, what about the 70%? And I think the, the other 70% contains even more information, important information. So I created prompts like ones that celebrate the Asian identity and culture, ones that allow you to normalize your experience and share sto- fun stories where it, in the process of telling it, you're able to kind of find self-acceptance. Like, And some of them might be the best thing about, being Asian is my Asian role model is the best noodle soup without a doubt is. And the last one that we added that people seem to like is my favorite scene from squid game is, and you're not going to find that on any other dating app. You're not going to find that on Tinder or hinge or Bumble. No, it's very specific to our culture. So it allows you to just open up and have fun. And know that, hey, this is kind of cool. I'm talking about my experience that I don't get to see in mainstream media. Hopefully they enjoy it. It seems like they're enjoying it. My favorite that I like to ask you to complete is I knew I was Asian when
0: oh him, that is a tough question. Mm-hmm. Um let me think about it, Annie, you go first, <laughs>
2: yeah, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I've got to think about it too, but i'm I'm gonna circle back a little bit and it seems like this uh, theme of self-love and self-acceptance is not only, a, you know, something very important in your own personal story, but also yeah. with this app, which I absolutely love. I've actually been reading this book called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. And it's, mm. it's written by an Indian author and it's amazing. And I kind of relate to your path because I feel like an Asian culture we're at least um, being an Asian woman, um, particularly an Indian woman. I feel like I've had that experience where it's like, you know, kind of sit still, look pretty, yeah. um, don't really cause waves, don't really express your opinions and also don't really think you're amazing, you know, like
1: mm.
2: go with the flow, assimilate and just don't like, have a big Yeah, just don't rock the boat. Don't have like this amazing self-perception about oneself. So I've been trying to change that as I get older and like, you know, self-love is not arrogance or anything like that, you know? And I think, yeah, it's exactly the opposite. And I think we have to encourage, um, especially more, uh, more of our, uh, future Asian generations to do that. So that really resonates with me.
1: And, and yeah, I'm, I love that you pointed that out. And I, I love to talk about that, if, if it's all right with you, and just sidestep alike for a little bit, because I think it's so important. Uh, so arrogance, where does that come from? That's steeped in insecurities, actually. People act out arrogance because they don't want to seem weak, and they don't want to reveal that side of themselves that they're um, ashamed of. And that's why people act arrogant. but if you have self-love you don't need you don't feel the need to put other people down you because you're able to accept your own flaws and weaknesses and say that's okay you're able to apply that to other people and say you know what those people aren't perfect too and that's okay um yeah so they made a mistake i'm not going to jump on that maybe you know, my mark is higher than theirs. Maybe I'm smarter than theirs. I don't need to point that out. They have flaws and they have strengths just like I do. And they're okay and I'm okay. So yeah, arrogance is definitely not the same thing as self-love. When I think when someone loves themselves, they're able to give that kind of energy towards other people too. They, they don't show off. They're not in uh, internal conflict with themselves and uh, they're able to relax and be content and share that energy with other people. What do you guys think about that?
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I think that self-love is, it's a marathon. And so I think, especially like if you grow up um, like a non-white person, um, in the U.S. like with my experience like there are days when I absolutely love being a queer Asian woman and it's just mm. so awesome and I find so much joy in being that but there are also days where it's like man being a queer Asian woman is hard today like I think that yeah. um, in particular like when COVID was at its peak and there was a lot of hate crimes going on like that it that was really hard to be an, a queer Asian woman mm. um, when there's like microaggressions like where I've been asked to find like the hell about like my family's like functions or my partner's family's functions more so and it's like that's that's makes it hard to be a Asian woman so there are t- times where I'm also really excited like one of the reasons why Anu and I started this podcast was because we wanted to promote Asian joy as yeah. well as honest discussions about yeah. Asian culture and we've opened this up even though it's the audience is mostly Asian Americans, but we wanted to open up to international folks as well because there's overlap with our experiences, mm-hmm. and we're so different and we're also alike, and so we honor that as well. But yeah, I definitely agree. Where arrogance, like, I don't necessarily think that arrogance in its own is a bad thing, but if you use it to harm others, then that can be yeah really that that can be harmful.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I completely agree, and. I just feel like I feel like society is always telling you that you have to be more you have to do more you have to achieve more you have to yeah. look better you have to do all of this so yeah. that idea of self-love in a society that is actively telling you that you're not enough right is, is really
0: hard so yeah.
1: uh, are you two on social media
0: <laughs> yes yeah. yeah we are I'm on social media most every day I mean as a podcast producer and it's yeah. it's like he, you have to be like I've thought about closing my Facebook like pretty much every week I'm like I should really yeah. close this but it's a necessary it's like a necessary evil in a way yeah. for me like I feel like it is
1: I, I'm personally not on I, I do end up going on Instagram and Facebook every day because of a like uh, I'm personally not I don't have a personal account on Instagram I heard that if you ha- I mean I've dealt with depression and That's an ongoing theme in my life. So I'm cautious about things like that. I heard that if you have Instagram on your phone, it increases the chances of getting into a depression by 18%. So I, I never installed Instagram on my phone. Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: Okay. I'm deleting it right
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah. Oh, I was going to say I did the same thing, but with Facebook. So I only look mm-hmm. at Instagram on my phone, but I don't have the app on Facebook. So it's like a little more effort to log in. Yeah. And
1: exactly. so that's
0: sometimes it tears me out of just laziness, but yeah.
2: Yeah. I yeah. actually... I do social media for work and because I do it like seven hours a day, I actually find myself I'm not doing it much in my personal life um, because Mm -hmm. I know the effects of social media. So I think when you can use it as a tool, like a promotional tool, if you have a business or like if you for work um, or like self-promotion, that's good. But when you use it as like a form of validation or like as a form of um, getting acceptance from the world, that's when it becomes really dangerous. That's
1: dangerous. That's so dangerous. Yeah, because so Instagram is like, I I think Instagram is what uh, magazines have become. You know, it's digitized and you look at pretty things, uh, you look at cool things, and you can't help but compare your life to all that you see, right? And yeah, I mean, how's that going to make you feel?
2: How would you say that this app is a source of community or empowerment? in a way that maybe other apps are more like swipe culture and all of that?
1: So I I think the best way I can answer that question is by talking about the, the accounts of actual users. So recently, a like was featured in the Insider twice. First time, the first article detailed what a like is and um it interviewed me and several users from the app and what they got out of it, and the second article talks about the personal experience of the reporter uh, her own her own account of using a like, and it was so touching because she talks about how she'd met numerous friends and was able to find a sense of community and belonging. There are so many people that reach out to me that say, you know what? I grew up in a small town where I was the only Asian at my school and I wanted to be white. I wanted to have blonde hair, blue eyes. And when I go on a like, I'm able to tell my story and also hear other people's stories and find connections in a way that I had never done before, and it normalizes my experience. And how do you describe that feeling? You finding finally finding that group of people that understand you, and say you're okay. I think a lot of us lack that uh, f- that feeling of belonging, that sense of belonging. We lack that most of our lives, but we. Ag- we're able to sense that something is missing. Yeah. Something is missing. And, and until you find it, it's, it's difficult to describe in words what that entails to, to find that community where you see your own story mirrored in other people's lives. They get you.
2: I think some people look for this person when maybe that person exists in multiple people and maybe that person exists in community. Like, you know, that old saying, like, I need to find my person, my soulmate. But maybe that exists in just like your best friends who like, you know, are consistently there for you. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I really love about this app is that it lets you find that community.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I really like that too. I really like that idea of, your soulmate can take multiple forms, right? Where it's like, you can find it in a friend or a pet or a partner. Like it's not just about finding romance. By the way, I think I have an answer to your question about yeah, what it I found good. out I was Asian. So I growing up, um, or some of my first memories, I was watching those Disney movies like Cinderella, Snow White, and all of that. And because I had never like seen myself in a mirror before like as a really really young kid um I just like assumed that I looked like those princesses because that's like what I that's like all I saw on tv and so I remember like seeing myself in a mirror for the first time and I thought it was like another person like it wasn't me I like I mm-hmm. thought that I was like a white girl basically mm-hmm. and I was like oh there's like some ghost or something like in the mirror and like it's um because like growing up like in Japanese culture like um my grandma would talk about ghosts a lot like and they come to you like through doors or mirrors or whatever and so i was like oh there's some ghost in the mirror and i thought nothing of it and i was like cuz i'm blonde and like like cinderella and um i didn't realize it was me until shortly after when my mom took a polaroid picture of me and i was like oh it's me what the fuck and i thought it was kind of weird because I wasn't blonde and blue eyed at all. And I didn't have the language to like realize that I was Asian. I just knew that I was different. Uh, how old And you? I was like two or three. I was like really little. And I remember having these memories of like, I had these memories of like learning to read when I was two, but I just never, it never occurred to me that like the media affected me so much that I thought yeah. that I was those characters. And, um, my mom would always talk about like the color of my skin. And that was another thing that was kind of like, it added to my evidence of like being a Disney princess. Cause she was like, oh, you're like the Japanese snow white. And she would like tell my grandma's friends and like anyone who was like darker or like whoever, cause my mom has like this beautiful brown skin and she's like, oh, my daughter, she's like the Japanese snow white. She, she's mm-hmm. like so fair skin, so like perfect looking. And so like clean looking all the time. And it was just like kind of now I know that that's fucked up like that's Mm a weird like internalized racism but yeah um I was like okay well I have the language that I'm Japanese and I'm like snow white so I must be like a white girl but I didn't realize that was what Japanese meant until much later so I think that was like the first kind of inkling where it's like oh I'm different and um I would find that out like a few times like as I got older because um I used to think that everyone had a rice cooker at their house Cause that was just, no- that was just like normal. Right. I love so like, that. Yeah. So I would go to friend's house and be like, where's your rice
1: cooker? And they'd be yeah. like, what? And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> where's your rice cooker? That's exactly yeah. the type of stories that I would, I hope that people get to tell on our mm. app and through that find connections. I yeah. love that. That's, that's hilarious.
0: Yeah. When like my white friends, there's so mom, much joy like, in you telling that pan? story. Oh, thanks. Yeah. No, I love telling that story. It's really, interesting cuz only people like us are like yeah i get that or they have or another person of color they have experiences like that too so um yeah you just reminded me of um the first asian character that i really liked um and it's not mulan mulan is awesome too though but mm-hmm. um Anu's heard me talk about this movie so many times. And so sorry, Anu, you're gonna listen about it again. Um, so there's a version of Cinderella that I love, and it has Brandy and Whitney Houston in it. And the oh. prince is Asian, and he's Filipino, I think. And he's just so charming and so emotionally available and so handsome and smart. And I didn't realize what like it meant to be a lesbian or like be not heterosexual. And so I just thought that everybody like found everyone attractive all the time Mm -hmm. just like as a child and so i was Mm -hmm. like i want to be that prince so i can get with brandy and her version of cinderella Mm because everybody would want to get with brandy and so like that was a role model for me where i was like i want to be that prince character Mm -hmm. so that was that made such an impact on me it was a tv movie but it's just so good and y'all should watch Mm -hmm. it if you haven't seen it but yeah that was the first kind of character where i was like i could see myself as this hot prince but
1: yeah that's amazing that's the power of media especially mm-hmm. at such a young age
0: yeah
1: yeah
2: yeah that's a really powerful story um
1: Amy, did you have a rice cooker in your of house? course yeah, of course
2: so i had a rice cooker yeah. <laughs> we had the old-fashioned one that had like the whistle that like i don't know oh, yeah have seen that one whistled <laughs> yeah. like three times
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah we used to have one that whistled and then my mom upgraded and now it plays twinkle, twinkle little star. And now right. it just like, <laughs> she's so proud of it. And I have a basic rice cooker because I had my college rice cooker. So I might get a Zojirushi soon, but, um, yeah, everyone needs a rice cooker. If you make rice in mm-hmm. a pan, like, what are you doing? Honestly. Mm-hmm.
2: To answer your question, Hanman, for me, I think, um, when I first really started to, Connect with my Asianness was probably right around when we started this podcast, which is just like a year or so ago. Um, and it's been it's been a great experience, um, just like hearing other people's stories, contributing my own story, and um, having this platform to give people, you know, that voice that is that is sorely needed. Um, yeah. So I I realized my Asianness probably when I was like. Um, 12 or 13. So early on, like in school, when you're the only, you know, brown kid in the in the classroom, you're, you're, you're gonna, you feel different, you feel different. Mm -hmm. And um, to Whitney's point, this idea of like, beauty standards and Western beauty standards, when you look so different from that standard, it's like, how do you tell yourself that you're beautiful or you're meeting these standards? It's uh, it's really tough. So I really, I really, I really like that story. Whitney really resonated.
1: Yeah. I, I totally get that because when you're young, you're just pick, you're learning about the world through your parents, school and the media, what, what the world tells you. And if the world is telling you, the mainstream media is telling you that, well, it's it's not representing you, and when it does, you're hypersexualized, or you're emasculated, and you're the butt of a joke. It's telling you you're second-class citizens and that you're unwanted, and that's a terrible thing for a child to learn as they're developing their sense of identity so yeah
2: right isn't it crazy like that sometimes life is this process of unlearning
1: yeah you're right it really is unlearning and healing yeah all the trauma yeah
0: yeah for sure yeah it's like you become this different version of yourself and it's really cool but it is a lot of work like sometimes mm-hmm. i realize man this is living is expensive and it's a lot of work but mm-hmm. i really enjoy it like i find that as i age i feel better about myself i know that's an unpopular opinion among like american women but i actually really like getting older right now because
1: well, who um, says that Who who is it an unpopular opinion among people that, as that aging is awesome yeah so like what? there's I, I thought that yeah. was the really i thought that was the 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 accepted wisdom if you're getting older and you're not getting happier you're not doing it right
0: right yeah i mean i think a lot of people the narrative um especially like in california so i grew up in california but now i live in chicago like there was a lot of older women who were like oh i miss my youth like in my Mm. 20s and i was so free and so beautiful and so skinny and so blah 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 like i um i don't know how many like older ladies pictures I've seen where it's like, they're like, look at my school picture, like, enjoy your youth. Like just, there's this youth obsessed kind of culture in, um, in the U S that I haven't seen anywhere else when I've traveled um, internationally. And so it's like, yeah, I find that I found myself fearing getting older, but I also didn't like being a child. And so I find that as I've gotten older, like I just turned 30. And so I think it's, I, I give less fucks about what people think. Yeah. Um, I set better boundaries. Like
1: sure. I
0: speak up more when I don't think something is right. Like even if people think I'm a bitch after, like, I think I'm like, who cares? Like, I feel, I think there's, um, I care about things a lot less than I did in my 20s, even like, or like when I turned 18 or especially when I was a teenager, like being a teenager is such a struggle. Like you just, it's so exhausting, yeah. but um, I think there's a romantization about that. And American culture, especially, especially among women, um, because that's considered like in your prime,
1: Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I agree. I'm not sure how, what the age of your uh, listeners is, but if if they're younger and uh, I'm going to dispense some unsolicited advice as a (laughs) older person, Hey, look, life is a process of getting to learn about who you are. figuring things out. And as you do that, you're going to start cutting out bullshit and you're going to start focusing on what makes you happy. And all those things that those women on Instagram or whoever, or or the women that, or men or women who say they become unhappy to lose their youth or whatever, they don't know what they're doing. So don't look to them for how to grow up, it's yeah. It just try to get to know yourself better, right?
0: And and listen to this podcast.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, and listen to this podcast, obviously. Duh, Duh. On, like. and
0: join a like, and yeah, yeah. Do what are you doing with your life, honestly? Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I love that. I mean, and also when you get older, you also learn to filter toxic people out of your life too, That's right? right. Um, so those people who might call you a bitch Whitney for like expressing your opinion when you're older you're like hmm those people don't really matter that much you know so it's that it's that confidence you build
1: yeah and not only not only that that they don't matter so much but you go beyond that and you start to have compassion for them hey those people you know they're unhappy they're and they're really talking about themselves they're You know, they they think they're criticizing me, but they're really just reflecting their own unhappiness onto others. And uh, you learn to become compassionate towards those people and realize it's not about you at all, what they're talking about.
2: So we talked about the app a little bit. Can you tell us how someone can really make the app work for them? So like, what can you do to really make it successful for you?
1: Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of things that they can do, like, you know, upload proper photos and, up, you know, upload proper videos and stuff like that. But those are technical things that are not really important. I think fundamentals are more important. And the reason why the dating app game can be a nightmare is because people, it's like anything else, it's a tool. And it, It can, if you misuse it, you're going to have negative consequences. You have to go into dating apps with intent, knowing what you want. And for you to do that, you really have to know yourself. And that takes a lot of self-awareness. What is it that you're really looking to get out of these things? Do I really want a relationship? Some people go on dating apps, not even wanting relationships. Why do they go on it? They want, they're seeking attention. If that's like, you know, and they don't know it. They think they say they, they want to be in a relationship, but they, they might not really be wanting that deep inside because they know they're not ready, but it's more of an addiction. So, you know, go with intent and ask yourself, what is it that I really want? Am I just lonely? Am I just trying to fill the void? Am I ready for a relationship? Is it just a one night stand? So go with intent and be clear about who you are and be honest, because if you go there with dishonest intention, you're going to end up hurting other people, wasting their time. But more importantly, you're going to end up hurting yourself and wasting your time and You don't want to do that. You you want to treat yourself with respect and do things that's going to make you feel better about yourself, right? So if you are going on to a like or any other dating and friendship apps with intent to meet friends or date, be honest about who you are, be earnest. Remember that it's not a numbers game. The, the, The point isn't to date as many people as you can, or to receive likes as many, as many likes as you can get. That's not the point. For example, the last time that I used the dating app, I went there with intent to find my life partner. And it wasn't how many matches that I get. That's important. Is It was the quality of the one match. So I represented myself in an earnest way. I was very straightforward about what i was looking for and what my view of life is and luckily i was able to find a partner i'm just so fortunate to be with this new with this person but you you have to be honest with yourself with others and do everything with intent also take care of your own feelings take care of other people's feelings you know if you end up hurting other people that's just going to come back to you and that just sits with you in the long run. You, you don't want to do that. It can be a nightmare. Sure, you're going to go on some bad dates, but that's part of life. You cannot go through life without cracking any eggs. It just happens. But you learn to move on, right? It, it's a part of learning about yourself, too. You, maybe after a bad date, you, learn, you ask yourself, why was that? why did that fail miserably? Was it me? Was it them? Okay, if it was them, okay. How how will I prevent myself from going through that again next time? And you can learn something about yourself. If it was me, maybe I did make a mistake. I shouldn't have said what I said or behaved the way that I did. And I did that because I, I was insecure about something. It, it's a process of learning. So I think the, the best way to get something out of these apps is to go with intent, know what you want, be honest try to have fun. And uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you, any other advice?
0: Um, well, the last time I went on a dating app was a long time ago. So I think when I was on the dating apps, I was trying to find a partner. Yeah. But I was also trying to find people who I could also be friends with. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it was a friend of mine who said, you should open an OkCupid account. And I was like, what? What is that? Because we I remember as a kid, like online dating was just starting out. And so people were afraid of it. And so by the time I was in college, people were on, on it all the time. And that's also a really popular way for um, LGBT people to meet as well, because it's harder for us to all meet in real life. And so, um, I was like, what, why, why would I open that? Okay. Well, I'll open one. So I created an OKCubit account. I wrote out a big summary. I was a student studying art, blah, blah, blah. I like a lot of food. And, um, I wasn't always sure how to message people so mm-hmm. i think a piece of advice that i would give is they're just people like even yeah. if they're like super attractive or they have a great bio or whatever i mean the worst that they can say is no thanks or not or ghost you like it's and that's really not as bad as you think like it's yeah. i think when i was younger i was like oh i hope they don't ghost me but like now i'm just like okay well i got ghosted or now i would be like oh i just got ghosted but
1: mm-hmm.
0: i think that yeah, it's definitely not a numbers game. Um, it's about the quality of the time you spend with people, and yeah, you can also that. make friends. I went on a few bad dates before meeting my partner. Um, I was going to close my account. I just like resigned myself to being like a cat lady when I graduated, and then I saw <laughs> you're my so partner's young
1: still. Page.
0: I know, right? Here I am, just <laughs> like I'm like 20, like what 21 when this is happening. I'm just like yeah. oh, I'm just gonna die alone, but um, that that didn't happen. But So I saw my, my partner's, um, okay. Cupid account. And it was just when I was about to close my account and I was like, Oh, this person's kind of cute. They had a little, like a rat on their shoulder. So uniqueness helps y'all. Like if you have a pet or like something cool about you, like it's yeah. So that's, that's how my partner got me like with their pet rat on their shoulder. And so I messaged them and we talked about food and then we went to a boba shop and now we've been together almost 10 years. So it's, um, it can happen.
1: And you know, what I like about that is that it's what uh, made your partner unique, right? They weren't trying to be cool. They right. weren't trying to yeah. uh, appeal to the numbers. They were trying mm-hmm. to be themselves. This is what's unique about me. And, and for you to do that, you have to be a little bit vulnerable, but mm-hmm. that takes courage too. Yeah, um, and I, But that's what it requires to find someone meaningful.
0: And I remember their pictures, like their selfies, they weren't even, there was no filters. Like my selfies, I tried to like, I photography was my, um, focus of study when I was doing art. And so I was like, I'm going to set up nice lighting and all of that. Mm. And it was okay. But like my partners, I don't, I think it was just with their phone. Like just, it wasn't even like mirror selfies. Like it wasn't even anything like, it's not about looking good. Yeah, It's it's about about being honest,
1: being honest, finding the right connection.
0: Definitely. So yeah, setting your intention and being honest. Like there, there are other things you can do if you're not enjoying yourself on the dating apps or the friendship Mm -hmm. apps. Yeah. So that's that's my wisdom.
2: You know, what I got from hearing you both talk was this like overwhelming message of being authentic. Yeah. And I, I like it, it's kind of like a light bulb moment for me because I think so many people, including myself, like to present an image to the world where it's like, we're doing great. Um, you know, we're just like, we're just like super happy all the time and like traveling and all of this when you know it's it's like the pandemic maybe yeah. you're not maybe you're a much more of a homebody or like maybe you're you know have experienced issues during this time and all of that so it's like really be genuine and authentic and yeah. when you do that I think you will attract the right people f- for yeah. you but even more importantly maybe is you you kind of like you kind of like repel the wrong people yeah how many mm. how many of us
0: have like attracted the wrong yeah yeah based on your jet setting like money spending <laughs> persona right, exactly. oh my god could you imagine just like having to keep that shit up just be like oh ten dollars in my account gotta yeah. take yeah. them to mexico like well I, yeah
2: i mean it doesn't even have to be like super exaggerated either but people like they show these like super like cool vacation photos and all of this. And like, they show these photos of them like partying and it's a certain image that like comes across, but maybe that's not who they really are. Like maybe that's not their personality.
1: And I think that ties into what we were talking about earlier, growing older and becoming happier. Right. One of my insecurities was that, you know, I'd go on dating apps and everyone seems to be like, like you said, you know, traveling and having an amazing lifestyle and they love going out. I honestly do not love going out. I am a homebody, um, (laughs) but I didn't want to reveal that. And I always felt insecure. How am I going to find somebody who is going to be okay? I mean, like I'm I'm fucking weird. I don't like going home. I don't like going out. I want to stay home. Uh, How is that? How is someone going to accept that? How am I even going to reveal that to anyone else? And you grow older and you you find out, oh, there's a lot of people like you. And I felt insecure about expressing that because, you know, everyone on Bumble, especially, they look like models. And they're all holding up champagne glasses at parties and stuff. And I don't like those things. I don't want to. But you learn after a while. Okay, well, for me, those are red flags. I don't need to impress those people or to connect with those people. And so in my last profile, I was very honest. I was like, you know, in my younger days, I used, I love traveling. um, But now those are secondary. I enjoy being, sharing a good laugh with friends, um, watching a good movie and quiet life, you know? And fortunately my partner was able to connect and relate with that. Um, So Yeah, I I love that thing thing you said about being a homebody. If there are any homebody listeners out there or uh, other introverts, you are not alone.
0: Oh, yeah, we are definitely introverts and homebodies. Mm
1: -hmm. What's your
0: star sign, Hanman?
1: Uh, Gemini.
0: (laughs) Same. Yeah, I'm a Cancer Gemini cusp. So yeah, homebodies for life. (laughs) I'm
2: a Scorpio, but I'm a pure homebody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, speaking of, uh, you mentioned uh, Bumble, Hanman, and you know, there's these other apps out there that you know people are uh, people are aware of with like Tinder, OkCupid, so on. Um, how would you say that alike um, is similar and 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 different from those apps?
1: We're similar because we're also a, a dating app and a friendship app, like Bumble is. Uh, we don't, there's no swiping hinge was a huge inspiration for us. They gave us the idea for prompts to get people to talk about their lives and tell stories. And I love that. Uh, we just term- converted into a video form. We are va- video based unlike others, like coffee meets bagel H- uh hinge, Tinder and Bumble. We don't have a written bio in place of a written bio. You tell your stories through short videos, Um, But our real differentiator is that we have prompts like my favorite scene from Squid Game is we have prompts that celebrate the Asian experience, the Asian identity and culture, something that you're not going to find anywhere else. It's specifically designed to cater to the Asian American or Asian diaspora. Do you find
0: that there is... Does the app do a little bit of gatekeeping? Because I did notice that there were non-Asian people on there, which is great. Like that's awesome. But is mm-hmm. there is there a certain amount of gatekeeping that you and your staff do, or what are the consequences of like when people violate the safe space? Because by creating this app, like you are or your staff is a they're keepers of the safe space, um, and all of us are invited to participate in it. But um, what are some things that happen, like if somebody like disrespects the community hypothetically, or? If um
1: they're kicked someone out. poses us, someone, they're kicked out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is meant to be a safe space. And we take that very seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you mentioned that there are non-Asians on the app and that's because our focus is on celebrating the Asian experience. And it's important to realize what that means. Our focus is celebrating the Asian experience that does not innately entail that we do not allow other, that, you know, we ban certain people. That's not what we're about. We're not about creating an exclusive space or hating on others. Sure. First and primary goal, we're saying love yourself. Okay. So, you know, anyone can join, uh, but, you know, they have to do so with respect. And all the users have the option to uh, to be matched with either those who identify as Asian or everyone. So, you know, if you're going on like to have the experience of meeting with only Asians, that's what you will get. You'll get what you're looking for. But we do take the notion of it being a a safe space seriously. If it goes for Asians or non-Asians, if they say anything discriminatory, racist, sexist, hatred fueled yeah of course they're bad the users allowed are allowed they do have the we have a flagging system where users notify us when they see something inappropriate
0: that's really cool i um i had to filter a few times like with okcube but like i had to filter with people who like post as others and it seems like when i was on like for the friendship version like i thought people were i was like these are probably mostly real people so i so
1: appreciate that That's funny. Um, Did they have videos using prompts?
0: The ones that I saw? Some of them did. Um, Some of them had... uh, A lot of them had photos. Some of them had videos about favorite food or favorite squid Mm -hmm. game scene. I think those were the popular kind of questions that people answered. But yeah, they were like 20-second videos. And I think that's like the amount... When I was on the apps, I remember giving maybe like a minute to each profile kind of so i think 20 seconds is plenty of time to watch something and be like oh i like that person's answer or whatever but yeah yeah
1: yeah well another thing that video format does is it helps with catfishing because um so because you can if they do upload a a video where they're telling a story that's uh, inspired by a prompt you you know you, you can tell that's a real person um and i'm I should mention that there are two types of videos that you can upload to our app and you know the one that's pre-recorded and another that is a live video using our prompt and once you do that you're able to access more features and such. So yeah, if a if a user does upload those kind of videos you can it helps with catfishing. That's another advantage.
0: It definitely does, yeah. Yeah, no I think it's a it's a cool idea because it's similar people are used to uploading videos because of like TikTok and even Instagram and all of that so I think I don't think it's like foreign to people mm-hmm. um so I think it's it's comfortable for a lot of people to upload videos and formal videos
1: it's a huge barrier yeah. though I mean like I, we can't deny that it is yeah for a lot of people it's a huge <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. I when I was on the app, I was I saw the video portion. And I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna have to like put on makeup and do yeah, all this stuff and yeah, prepare yeah. like a script and not yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna prepare a script. I like You're have to rehearse you know, do yeah. all of this stuff and it's like yeah. no, just just be yourself.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah. It it takes a certain amount of self love and compassion to be able to do it. But because it's such a high barrier, we do allow people to upload pre-recorded videos to get started.
2: Yeah, that's great. Um, Yeah. You know, the, talking about this whole idea of like safe spaces, I think that's one thing I really enjoy about this app and um, apps that are sort of focused in on um, certain, whether it be like certain topics or cultures or communities, like all of this is a celebration of that community, that culture. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's like the most wonderful way to celebrate it in a world where it's hard to make connection and community. So I think what you're doing in terms of giving people this platform to meet each other, to connect with each other is amazing. And that is like, that is the, you know, that's the essence of um, uh, just like finding connection for me in a very, very large world.
1: Thank you. That's why, that's exactly why we're doing it. We're a very small team of very passionate people who are committed to this. Um, And it's not like we're doing it it because we want to get famous or make money. I mean, the app is completely free. It's not even monetized yet. And uh, we're doing it because I started it because I want to heal myself from all the scars that I've that I was, that I internalized and along the way help out others too. And that's how the others on the team feel about it. That they're just we're just really passionate about helping our community and lifting our entire community together up.
2: On the app, there's also like a lot of inclusion of different things like inclusion of uh, you know different uh, genders and uh, sexualities preferences all of that so I think that's really great.
1: When I started this journey and made um, you know different genders available and you know you could match with whomever whichever gender you want to be matched with I, I just thought that was like obvious and a lot of earlier on, some of the early questions were like, okay, well, you know, how do you define Asians? Will South Asians be included? I'm like, yeah, you know, of course, whoever, we don't define who Asians are, you do. If you consider yourself Asian, you're more than welcome to join. Will, uh, uh, you know, will you allow uh, for the LGBTQ community? I'm, I'm like, of course, why? Why we're trying to become an inclusive space. Why would they be excluded? That goes against what we stand for. Yeah, well, we're trying to do what we can. That's
2: great. Um, Do you have any uh, success stories on the app that you can tell us about?
1: Well, I I think the biggest success story that we've had was detailed in that insider article of the reporter finding a friend, friends, many friends, um, and how she was able to connect with them easily because they had similar upgrowing experiences. And, you know, they met and they've even met each other's friends and they go out and have lunches and dinners. I think that's the biggest success story we've had. It, it's hard to find success stories with I know you're probably looking for like, oh, they got married already. But, you know, yeah. we're still early. We're still in the beta stage. And the thing with dating is that you don't want to make it official in any capacity or make it public because you don't want to jinx things. And, you know, until you get married, you don't really tell people, oh, we met, you know, you don't reach out to the dating app and say, oh, we met through you. But I, I, what I'm happy to hear is that they they get a sense of inclusion they and that they're able to feel a sense of community and make at least form friendships. So there was one couple that the woman was in Toronto and the man was in LA and it was in the middle of the lockdown about a year ago. And uh, I know they had formed a relationship and they were waiting for the lockdown to lift so they could go see each other. Uh, I don't know what's happened, but so I know like people are like at least starting something.
0: Yeah. yeah that makes sense though because it's um y'all are just starting out even though you've been around for it, but like, yeah, it'd be, I'd be really surprised if somebody was like, oh, we got married thanks to your app. But I think that the fact that there's inclusion and community and that there's friendships for I mean, those are all success stories. Like it doesn't have to be like this commercial, like we've been married for 10 years because y'all haven't been around for 10 years yet, but one day, one day.
2: Yeah. That's like the biggest success story for me is like, you know, relationships come and go. I mean, like uh, romantic relationships and um, I mean, any relationship, but everything is temporary in life. Like there's no, there's no permanence of things. So to find like these uh, more lasting connections or friendships, I think that's like the biggest yeah. win.
1: Yeah. I think the biggest success story for me, because I often think about, you know, am I doing the right thing? Is this making a difference? And well, And I go back to my original intent and goal with this app and it has been successful for me, because the, this journey of making this app has allowed me to heal in a lot of ways and, and connect with others and made me realize, oh man, I am not alone. There are so many in this community like me, even this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Connecting with you, being able to normalize our experiences, it's even helped me to, even my own personal relationship with my own with my partner. It's strengthened our relationship. We've, we were able to connect through talking about alike. She's super supportive. She totally gets it, and that's helped our relationship to build. And friends that I've been able to meet along the way, who's come on the bandwagon and helped us. I, you know, I've formed, I, I'm amazed. Like some of the people that join alike, uh, I mean, the team, they do so as volunteers. And when they leave, it, it amazes me. They call, they call me their mentor. Uh, I, I'm so touched when these amazing people come to our project, help us out for several months. And they say, you know, you've been like a mentor to me. I'm like, wow, thank you. That that's been healing for me.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. That's wonderful.
1: Yeah. It's been amazing.
0: Well, I like to close out interviews with my favorite question. I mean, all of the questions have been great. So I so appreciate you telling us about a like and sharing your journey and your stories and allowing us to share our stories too. Like I love that's what this podcast is about. That's what a like is about. So what's your favorite
1: meme? Uh Favorite meme? I don't think I have one favorite meme. I think I love memes in general, and and what the wonderful thing about memes is that they change and they're so they're always topical, right? Because there's mm-hmm. always new pops, new ways of popping up. I do think memes are the art form of this generation. Uh, you know, I think I enjoy the memes of Squid Game more than the show itself. Like, I, I watched the show, and then after I was like, oh, the memes are awesome. Just oh, they're good. so good. They're so good. Uh, my favorite meme, I I did like that one of that old man uh, from Squid Game. He's number one. I don't know. I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. He's like crouched in the corner of the space when no one was picking him. And I I think the subtitle is like, when you're older than 35 and people ask, you out to birthday parties this is how you feel or something like that you, know, you don't want to go basically
0: <laughs> i think i've seen that one yeah i'm googling squid game memes right now and yeah. like, <laughs> oh my gosh that was so oh, yeah that so old man good. moment that was mm-hmm. great uh squid game is such a good show i think one of my my favorite meme changes daily because i love memes memes yeah. are my bread and butter but so halloween just happened so i love morticia adams memes um mm-hmm. And one of my favorite ones that I pulled up right now is she's like drinking her tea and she's like staring at her neighbors, judging them. And it says, I like my coffee the same way I like my witchcraft, dark, bold, and powerful enough to conjure spirits.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, my favorite right now is this one um, of Caillou. Caillou is that little uh, kid, Um, he was on PBS, but he's this little cartoon character. And basically he's like, he's pointing at the door and the meme says me after 30 minutes of socializing. And that's mm-hmm. kind of me. I think like as an yeah. introvert, it's like, yeah, I can, I can really like uh, stay on for like a good period of time, like half an hour, one hour. And then I'm like, I need a break, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. Totally.
2: Yeah, so um, that kind of sums it up for today. Um, is there anything you want to uh, plug um, before, before we end?
1: Well, I think the whole show was a big plug for a like, so I don't need to say anything more than that. Uh, but I, you know, what something that I do want to leave the listeners with is to tell them, hey, you belong here. You belong in North America. You belong wherever you are and you are valid. And learn to love yourself and and really foster that skill